Dateline, May the 1st, 2011. Well, good day, folks, and welcome back to the Australia Desk for episode 145 of the Airplane Geek Show. Uh, Steve Fisher back with you once again, and Grant, uh, boy, we've survived Easter, mate. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Easter was great. That uh, rabbit stew was great. Delicious. You know, I, I, I think I should have warned you before Easter, Grant, that that's not the sort of rabbit we're talking about at Easter time. Oh, okay. I thought it was kind of odd that the stew had little chocolate eggs around the outside of it in a funny basket, but, in, you know, it, it still tasted great. Anyone that no chocolate was delivered to my house, and I thought there was just a conspiracy by my wife to make me lose weight. <laughs> it's going to take more than that conspiracy because uh, she just keeps cooking great stuff, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's nothing to do with my complete lack of exercise or anything like that. No, no, not at all. But hey, I think we've got some good exercise, man. It's been two weeks since our last Ausdesk. And look at this pile. Look at this, man. The, the stories are just backing right up. I mean, there's so much to go through. Oh, well, let's run through a few quick ones and uh, then we'll do a couple oh, of serious okay. ones. Okay, which ones do we want to talk about? Um, how about these couple of guys who flew a single engine aircraft all the way from uh, the USA to Australia to raise funds? for the RFDS are uh, trying to repeat Kingston Smith's flight. Well, I'm guessing they did it in slightly more comfort than uh, Smithy did way back. Yeah, well, they only had one engine, but uh, you know they had a little bit more comfort in the cabin, I would imagine. But hey, the uh, Kiwis have uh, received the uh, first of their new updated Orions. They're known now as P3K2s. It's just come back from the US. Uh, the remaining Orions will be updated in New Zealand, but uh, serious uh, increase in its capability and it will allow it to continue flying and uh, servicing the Kiwi's needs for a number of years yet. Also note that uh, eight of the A4 Skyhawks are up for tender. Nine are being just delivered to uh, museums around New Zealand and one in Australia, and the remaining eight plus a few spare engines and so on are all going up for tender. Yeah, well, I guess uh, selling all those Skyhawks off will help them pay for those upgrades to the uh, to the P3s, hey? Yeah, well, yeah, it may actually go a little way towards offsetting some of the cost of keeping them in mothballs for so long. But uh, hey, mate, here's one that's uh, interesting for the Yanks. It seems that it's not just the US air traffic controllers that uh, are having fatigue issues. Uh, There are fears that Australian air traffic controllers uh, may also be subject to the same problems. So it's not just an American issue. And uh, boy, I tell you what, uh, Grant, speaking of that, I was listening to uh, Charlie on Flight Time Radio, who, of course, uh, for those of you who don't know, is an ex-air traffic controller. And boy, he's got some interesting uh, observations, some quite heartfelt observations about all that sort of stuff, (laughs) didn't he? Yeah, I don't blame him, mate. Uh, I, I think it would be great to see the senior management at all these uh, organisations like the FAA and uh, air services here in Australia work the same kind of shifts as the air traffic controllers and then see what they say about being fatigued and not having a life. Anyhow, mate, uh, on with other news, we've got uh, the Qantas 787 delivery date is still not yet confirmed. To quote the uh, headline, it's still up in the air. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> well, I'm time tipping it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're not sure when it's coming through. And uh, I don't know, is it going to be this decade or next? Well, yeah, well, they're saying here they're looking at the last quarter now of 2012. So, gee whiz, it's, it keeps getting pushed backwards. Yeah, well, no surprise, mate. So does the 787. But uh, traffic's down in February around Australia due to the severe weather. No no surprises there. It wasn't just my car that got drowned. Yeah, thanks to all the massive rains and the cyclone that we had up north and uh, down the whole eastern seaboard, plus a few fires and various other natural disasters that befell Australia in February. Uh, travel was down, so no surprise there. Mate, one of the things that's going to keep traffic down for Qantas is that uh, Europe is raising concerns about their plans for a Shanghai base. They uh, want to start setting up in Shanghai to 
have more access to Europe and the Europeans are going, hang on, hang on, that means you're going to bring more boozy Aussies in. Oh, I don't know if this is such a good idea. Yeah, Grant, it's interesting here. It's saying here that uh, this is all part of the Open Skies Agreement that the government here is trying to negotiate with Europe. But uh, Qantas Chief Alan Joyce has uh, said that the Europeans were asking for changes to the Qantas Sale Act, which of course limits uh, the level of foreign investment in the airline. So, uh, boy, there's, I think there's uh, some, some pretty heavy politics at stake in that one. Another piece of news that has been raising some uh, heads up everywhere is that strategic airlines may be going to the USA. Who? Strategic? Who are they? Yeah, exactly. That's what a lot of people are saying. Strategic Airlines is a group that's slowly been building itself, uh, service, doing a lot of servicing in the regional areas, uh, doing a lot of mine flying, taking uh, mining staff in and out, and has recently been in and out of the news for flights to Bali, and uh, particularly the Western Australia to Bali, then Queensland. Now they're starting some Melbourne to Bali flights and uh, the indications are that they've started applying for uh, some access to the US routes and also they may even change their name. They actually put a press release out this week to that effect and uh, it was actually Dan that alerted us to that one so uh, there's kudos there for you Dan but uh, yeah, it's interesting that strategic, they don't actually have a huge fleet but I think maybe they have, I know they've got two aircraft and maybe three. Oh, they've got a couple of A320s and a single A330 and they're about to get another A330 as the indication. You think Back a few a few years ago, when they introduced um, Ausjet, and uh, when Ausjet came on stream here in this country, they they basically set up a one class cabin on some uh, rather aged seven three sevens and ran them as an all business configuration. I wonder if Strategic is looking at trying to tap a similar sort of market, perhaps, oh, or, or are they mate. going for the leisure market? And, and I think they're going more leisure, mate. Um, Ausjet tried to do the the whole top end leather seats gorgeous service and everything business end but they didn't have the aircraft and the frequency to be able to cater to business travelers who need to be able to change their schedules at a drop of a hat if a businessman needs to delay by one hour Qantas and Virgin heaps of aircraft Ausjet now you got to wait three mm, no, not doing that this is going to be a problem for them and it's going to be what I'm going to call from now on Tiger Airways syndrome you know and I talk a lot yeah. about that about how Tiger have a very small fleet which they're trying to stretch far and wide across this country and look at all the trouble they have doing that now you know, imagine if they they send an aircraft across to the US and it gets a mechanical problem and it has to stay there. What happens then? Yeah, that's exactly right, Steve. They're they're looking like they're going to be doing flights more to Hawaii than anywhere else in the USA. But exactly right. What happens if they have an aircraft go unserviceable over there? How are they going to get the passengers back and so on? And they could be more in danger of delays and problems and uh, bad customer perception than Tiger have been. And Tiger have got five more aircraft than they do, and now even more. Tiger up to. Uh, over 10 aircraft now. Wow, a huge fleet. Well, we'll keep our eye on strategic and, uh, you know, I'm not actually sure how, the, you know, when the, when they put in a bid to, to get these slots and, and get these, um, you know, these paths approved across the Pacific, I wonder if they have to uh, include some sort of contingency planning in case things go wrong like this and uh, uh, I have no idea how that works. Maybe our learned friend, Mr. Webb, might, might be able to help us out with that. But uh, Grant, uh, speaking of Tiger Airways, well, in the last couple of weeks, they've been in the news once again for all the wrong reasons. This from Sky News. Discount airline Tiger Air Airways faces being grounded by the aviation regulator following a series of safety and maintenance breaches. News Limited reports that the Civil Aviation Safety Authority issued Tiger with a show cause notice on March 23 following concerns pilot training standards have slipped and shortcuts have been taken on maintenance and other operations. It's the most serious action taken by the Aviation Authority against a major Australian airline since ANSET was hit by a similar warning in 2001, just months before it went bankrupt. 
the Aviation Authority is concerned the cut price carrier was not following proper procedures to ensure the utmost safety of passengers. Ooh, big stuff, mate, big stuff. And as they referenced the ANSET issue where uh, CASA did come down hard on ANSET for some maintenance issues with their 767s, and within a few months they were gone. Yeah, absolutely. And those those 767s, they, they had some real problems, those aircraft. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, Grant, because CASA themselves, the Civil Aviation Safety Authority, are, are in the news at the moment and they're undergoing some uh, government inquiries. It's the Senate inquiry into pilot training and uh, safety is coming up and all sorts of issues. Uh, Qantas Jetstar are being hauled across the coals and the ATSB, the Australian Transportation Safety Bureau, are getting in uh, hauled across the coals a bit. But CASA has come in the limelight for uh, not really doing a lot of enforcement and suddenly, bang, they're enforcing. So <laughs> there is some some suspicion that it's uh, rather timely, let's put it that way. Yeah, now can, uh, Tiger Airways was issued with a uh, show cause notice on March 23rd and uh, they were given 21 days to respond to that. Uh, there's a quote here from their spokesperson, uh, Vanessa Regan. Uh, she says, obviously that time has lapsed. Uh, we uh, continue to operate fully and absolutely. And she goes on to say that if CASA had any concerns, they would certainly shut us down. That hasn't occurred. We continue to operate with CASA's approval. So, you know, maybe that's a warning shot fired across their bows. Now, uh, you know, Tiger Airways do everything on a uh, contractor basis. And uh, I believe they get a lot of their maintenance done down here in Melbourne. I think by, uh, is it John Holland that does their maintenance, Grant? Yes, Steve, you are correct. John Holland do actually uh, do a lot of Tiger's uh, aircraft servicing down here in Melbourne. That's been going for quite some time and was extended a couple of years ago. Now, you talk about irony, Grant, you're talking about ANSET. They actually do that in the former ANSET maintenance base. Yeah, of all the places and of all the people to, to uh, channel as they do that. It's, uh, it is interesting how the ghost of ANSET does come around a lot and... Uh, Mate, one of the things that has had a couple of people raising their eyebrows about Tiger is that not only is CASA giving them a nudge here, but uh, Tiger are also eight months late on uh, submitting their end of financial year accounts. Well, there we have it, mate. Uh, of course, uh, sorry, Max, we had to go a little bit long this week because, uh, you know, you took a break in the middle and, and just for a change, the news uh, the news banked up, even though Grant and I took a bit of a trip away the uh, last weekend up to Tamora and had a great old time up there in the PCDU outside mobile studio. So uh, there we are, a, a pretty packed week and there's a lot of stories here that will keep us going for a few more weeks on the Ausdesk. Uh, Grant, but before we go, a big shout out to our resident code-sharing history historian David Vanderhoof. Happy birthday, mate. Yay. Okay, are we going to do back to him what he does for us? No, I'm not singing anything, but... Uh, oh, I will. No. Uh, here we go. Oh, Happy God. Birthday my apologies, folks. To you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear David. Happy birthday to you. Somebody make it stop. Oh, there we go. Okay. Oh. All right, I need cancelling. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. Cheers, folks.